0: Hey guys this is joy
1: and this is claire welcome to a very random episode that we were not meaning to record but here we are we're here we so excited are about it
0: we just happened to have some time and space actually not a lot of time and space it's been insane for the past couple weeks i have a toothpick i just had some popcorn are you a toothpick <laughs> user i'm not but but ever since I've had all this dental stuff come up in the past oh, year. Yeah. You know how I talked about this, and I was like, "Oh, I need to floss more. Floss more. I need to like get the special toothpaste. I need whatever." I've been really doing so much better with my dental health, but every time I eat popcorn, now remember when you were telling me you roomed with someone who was flossing a lot, and then like you became a two time a day yes. flosser. Mm-hmm. I have now become a two time a day flosser, so now I can't stop. So anytime I have anything in my teeth, I'm like trying to pick it out. So toothpicks are very convenient for popcorn because it like really gets in all the places my so i'll try not to was, keep picking my teeth
1: through my, the my grandfather was a toothpick user and he his dentist was like he always had a toothpick in his mouth and my grand my his dentist was like your teeth are amazing what are you doing and she was like um, i'm literally always using a toothpick
0: that's so funny mm-hmm. that is so but it was like funny. a fidget
1: for him he was just yeah. always kind of like rolling it around in his mouth and he always had like a little he had this like little carrying case that looked like a tube of chapstick but it had little toothpicks in it and it would just keep Stop. it in his pocket oh i love that yeah that's like a real old man thing
0: so i might just become one of those people that I, it, it kind of feels like you're um i don't know i don't want to say like rude but sometimes if i'm like walking around like right, you are feels, like
1: just fidgeting with your mouth
0: yeah it kind of feels like i'm like hey <laughs> I don't know, it don't like makes me feel weird if i'm like doing it in front of people but anyway but here, uh, here we are where do we start we've had know a lot it's been going a couple on.
1: weeks we had jeremy on we had helen on we hope you guys loved those episodes we just love it when we connect with people through all the various ways who we feel like have interesting things to say so we also know that sometimes you guys will skip episodes with guests really don't skip those go back listen to them they are so wonderful helen busts so many myths about hair care and Jeremy busts a lot of myths around assumptions that we make about the ways we're being compensated and the things that we are given or provided at work and in our lives. So if you haven't listened to those two episodes, definitely go back and listen.
0: I've already been I've already been changing the way that I do things because of Jeremy's episode. Really? So yeah, so? it's just like the smallest little things, like. Just thinking about, I'm going through this big insurance battle with the hail damage we had to our car. It's been such a nightmare with our insurance company to a point where I'm like, I may change insurance companies after this because it's been so horrible. So the short of it, without going through the whole rigmarole, was like, we had a rental car for a certain amount of days but the car has been sitting for the exact amount of time that we had our rental car because insurance keeps coming back with like their estimate and the shop's like, no, this is what we want to do to repair it. And insurance is like, we're not going to pay for that. So they're they're battling in the meantime, I'm using a rental car that expires. And so I was kind of hesitant to call them and ask for an extension because I'm just so Even though tired. Even they're
1: the ones that are forcing you to get the extension. Ex-
0: well, right. yeah, exactly. And so I keep going back and forth in my mind of like, well, we could operate off of one car. It's fine. We'll just have to like communicate more. It's not a big deal. But also, like,
1: you pay hundreds of dollars a month for car insurance. Exactly. Why are they... Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's... it's, I mean, I have friends in the biz. Um, One of my closest friends from Arizona works in, like, collision and auto insurance and auto repair. So she has helped me so much battling this. And I kind of feel... I could go on for hours about like, I feel kind of bad asking for what I want. Or or even just like we filed a claim or we filed a complaint with the Department of Insurance. Like that's how bad it's been. So she helped me file this claim. And part of me is like, oh, now I'm on like the crap list with this insurance company that they're like, she's causing a stink because we didn't. Anyway, whatever. It's so it's like so not worth going into all the stupid details. But needless to say, I was like... Do I really want to deal with this? Do I really want to ask for an extension or even just like calling the rental car? Like I'm so tired because it's so much back and forth and it's so much like work on my end where I'm like, you guys are the ones that should be figuring this out. I shouldn't have to be the one doing all the work. So that was one thing where I was like, I'm just going to call. I'm just going to figure it out. I'm just going to like ask for yeah, just this. Like and certain,
1: right. What's the worst thing that can happen? They're going to say no. What's the worst
0: that can happen? No. That can happen? Or um, yeah. one of the guys at the shop, anytime I email him and look, I know it's a hard job. Like I know that like people are real busy and they have to deal with like, a lot of crap but i every time i email this guy i swear i feel like i'm inconveniencing him in the worst way like i i am such a bother so i'm like oh maybe i shouldn't email him today and i'm like you know what no ask for what you need just like communicate how are we doing with the car what's going on with my car with my car like the fact that i feel bad emailing him to ask what's going on with my car So like things like that, where I just truly am like in that mindset where we talked about in that episode where it's like, I'm just grateful to be alive. I'm sorry. Thank you for acknowledging my presence. I'm like, this is just, this is not okay. Like I need to be more assertive in these areas of my life.
1: Totally. I really liked what he said about like, just ask... For, you know, just ask for the nicer table at your restaurant or just ask for the better, the nicer car, like, or, you know, at the, at the car rental or ni- the nicer hotel room, I guess. Yeah, you know, ask for the top floor hotel room. Like, what's the worst that can happen? They can say no versus like, oh, no, no, I don't want to like put anybody out. Those, that's those people's jobs. And there's so many other people in the world who don't think twice about asking for that type of thing. Exactly.
0: It's yeah. just like the simplest mindset of even showing up to a restaurant or showing up to whatever like we were at dinner the other night and it was like you know where do we want to sit? And that thing kind of popped in my head again. And so I feel like that is just something that I've been like, this is really great. This is a really helpful totally. tool for me.
1: It's just a great like gut check of like when you start to feel that feeling of like, no, 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 don't be a bother. It's like, wait a minute. Am I really being a bother? Or am I just like, because I know what rudeness actually looks like and I'm not being rude. I know what like entitlement actually looks like and that's not what this is. This is just my like feeling of not wanting to no. kind of stand up for myself. But that's a mu- no. like, yeah, it's a muscle. You got to flex it.
0: I mean, even I love that. this is a stupid analogy, but I've been watching so much Real Housewives and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and I'm like, <laughs> the way they operate in the world of just the things that they ask for, I'm like, okay, I'm not that bad. And by the way, as a side note, the fact that their lives consist so much of like, I, I, here's here was my revelation after watching the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We're going off on so many tangents, but I just have to get this off my chest. It's like, I think in that little bubble that they live in, they are so jealous of one another's wealth that I'm like, oh, is that what that much wealth does to you? They just get jealous of one another. They are so mean to each other. And by the way, Kathy Hilton is I don't
1: know who that is
0: Paris Hilton's mom.
1: Oh, sure. Of course. That tracks. She is.
0: Okay. I don't say that lightly, but she is cray, 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 cray.
1: I mean, when you have that type of money, like things just aren't real.
0: It is. They're way in another planet to a point where I'm like, whoa. I I mean, I watch a lot of reality TV. I've never seen it to like that extent where I'm like, wow. They, (laughs) it is, it made me really grateful for my very simple little humble life like and i normally get like um sad when i watch reality shows because i'm like oh i wonder what that was like i wonder if that would be fun to live like that like with the kardashians but then that show made me realize i don't want that which was a nice revelation for me because i kind of live in the space of like it's true
1: you yeah. really do want that i
0: get too wrapped too. up in like wondering what that life would be like and then i was like <laughs> oh no 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 i don't I'm at all do it. keep me far away anyway we were talking about, yeah, Speaking Julia, of fancy things. Exactly. DSM-5 diagnosis. I was actually, yes.
1: DSM-5 <laughs> equals cray-cray. Correct. Mm-hmm. We got a couple, of, couple, just a couple of people in the chat. Like I said, we um, kind of just jumped on here out of nowhere. And we're excited for the people who are able to join us. It's like random on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah. Some things that will happen between now and when you hear this is that Bake Off will start up. It Right now it is Bake Off Eve. So by the time you hear this, we will be several weeks in. I cannot wait. I have some fun things I did this weekend I want to talk about And this week. Speaking of people with all the money, I got to um, fly in the corporate jet to go to a meeting this week, and I was like, oh. That's right. My second, this is my second time ever flying private and guys, it's the best, which I know is like so cringy for me to and unrelatable. That was my like celebrity status moment of the week, which followed a very uncelebrity status moment where I was working a booth at a mountain bike festival all weekend, but I did meet some podcast listeners. So if you're out there and I met you, hello, that was so fun. And my coworkers think that I am extremely famous. They were like, these people know you from your podcast? I didn't realize that like so many people listen. I'm like, to be clear, so many people do not listen. But there is a subset, a very specific subset of athletic women who live in Colorado who do know who I am and listen to my podcast.
0: That's always such a fun feeling. It never it's gets so old. It's
1: so fun. It never gets mm-hmm. old. It never gets old. And it was funny because one of the women was like, they, I guess it was so out of context. Everyone who did say hi, like did a real double take and they kind of just like stared at me for a minute. And they're like, are you? Claire, because Claire, I also had a name tag on, so they're like, "You're like Claire, Claire from Joy and Claire from Girls Gone Wild," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's me," and it was so fun. But I mountain biked for the first time this weekend, and I loved it, which I really was not expecting to love it. The festival I was at is called Rome. It's a all women's mountain biking festival. They have three locations. There was one in Knoxville earlier this summer. The one I was at this weekend was in Fruta, which is on the western slope of Colorado. And then there's another one coming up in like a, a month and change in Sedona. And I think next year they're only doing it in Fruta. I think Have you been to Sedona? No, I'm going to go though. I'm so uh, excited.
0: When are you going? Can I tag along?
1: Yeah, it's the um, <laughs> so first weekend in November.
0: It is so beautiful.
1: I cannot wait. Oh, it's gonna be so fun. It so
0: much. But it's like
1: the most fun group of people. Like think about there's just something about doing an activity as a woman when you're on, when there's only other women. And I'm not saying that I don't think men can be supportive. Like at, that's at all. But there is a different sort of kind of supportive that takes place in a group completely full of women. So I tried mountain biking for the first time. I got to demo a bike. Which first of all, that's my first problem, which is that now I've only ever mountain biked on like a ten thousand dollar bike. So want, want for me. You're spoiled, but, yeah. I'm going to like get on some like $200 bike from Craigslist and just hate it. (laughs) It's like,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, flying on a private jet the first time. We're like, well, right. this I'm is like how life Dang has it. to
1: be from now on. <laughs> this is now my standard. Dang it. For anyone who's listening who's a mountain biker, I tried a, the the bike brand is was Juliana and the bike was a Furtado. It was so cute. Juliana bikes are so freaking cute. And they're just like so beautiful. Their branding, it looks like a kombucha brand. You would love it, Joy. Their brand, like it looks like. Because a,
0: it's a kombucha brand? Because it
1: looks like a kombucha brand.
0: Oh, fun. Yeah. Okay.
1: I didn't really didn't expect to like mountain biking, but I was like, you know, I'm at this festival. Everyone kept coming up to us at the booth, like, to make small talk and be like, "Oh, did you get out on the trails yet?" And I was like, I've actually never been on a mountain bike in my life, which kind of makes me like the perfect person to stand in this booth because I'm not like itching to get out. But everyone was like, "You gotta try it at least once." Like, Fruta is a great place to learn. There's a lot of really good beginner trails. I don't think that's the case as much in Sedona. So we'll see if I end up riding a bike there. But like, remember when I went heli skiing and it was horrible and I was so scared. Yeah. Oh my gosh,
0: that was like terrifying. And
1: it was like, I blacked out from fear in the helicopter. I afterwards, I was like, you know what? I can understand what people would like about that, but it was not for me. That is how I expected to feel about mountain biking. And that's why I've never tried it. Cause I used to live in Moab. Like all of the sports I do are mountain biking adjacent, right? I ski, I rock climb. I raft I hike you know like all these things are on trails in the mountains like you think that I would have at least tried mountain biking before but I was so convinced I wasn't gonna like it because I don't really like going fast when I ski
0: yeah that's my concern I know with all the so, things. like I want to want to, be able to be in control of my speed.
1: <laughs> totally. And I felt very in control, which I think is the point is like going, you're in control of how fast you're going. Granted, I was on a very beginner trail, but that's how you should start. Like I was within start my ability, range, yeah. You know, right. So yeah. I think there are people like, I'm really grateful that I had a coworker who took me out and like knew where to take me. And I had, it was such a great supportive group of people. Like we were, the trails were obviously pretty busy because there was this festival going on. And I was on this very well known trail that like was right behind the festival ground. If you're familiar with Fruto, we were on 18 Road that I did the PBR trail. And there's one teeny, teeny little pitch where it's just like a pretty steep, but it's very, very short. I came around the corner and came up on this steep thing and just like immediately stopped. And the person I was with had already gone ahead, but she stopped at the bottom because I think she realized, okay, this is going to freak Claire out. And then someone up came behind, someone came up behind me and obviously they had to stop because I was stopped and they were like okay you got this you can do it like do you want here's what you got to do it seems like this rock is in the way but you're not even going to notice it you're just going to go right over it and you know don't ever think it do you want me to show you how to do it and I was like yeah yeah can you show me so then she like backed up and did it and then stopped to the bottom and was like see I, like you break here just like don't you know keep your speed up don't panic and it was just such like an amazing supportive environment to have somebody to have all these people like here you can do this here's exactly what I know you're afraid of here's what it's actually going to feel like and here's like where you need to go fast and where you need to go slow and it was just so fun so sounds
0: like your supportive surf environment too
1: exactly totally like that where it's like hey, listen, I'm not here to push you outside your comfort zone any farther than you want to go. But I also know you can do this. And here's what it's going to take for that to happen. Mm -hmm. It was just so great. So now I love mountain biking.
0: Well, and this is, people don't come at me, but the people that I have known that really get into it, like hardcore mountain biking, have had devastating injuries. Like, it, yeah that, i think that's where i'm yeah. where i equate it is i'm like um, like one guy from our crossfit gym no joke almost died like and so i'm like uh i just equate ma- like hardcore mountain oh, yeah. bikers with like broken shoulders broken ribs broke whatever totally. it just look
1: like, at like remember what happened to matt chan when he like went over his handlebars and like his yes. leg exploded
0: yes oh.
1: i'm not <laughs> saying but i mean I think about it and I'm also like, you know what? The most extreme skiers I know that are, are also in that camp, but that doesn't keep me from like going up to Eldora on the weekends right. or the most extreme climbers yes. I know are also in that camp, but that doesn't keep me from like going right. out to Boulder Canyon from time to time or the most totally. extreme, whatever, like and insert your sport, boaters, like every, you know, like have, have been in horrible situations where they almost died, but that doesn't keep me from like going out on some flat water with my kids. Like I just kind of have that mindset where I've stopped but. Bo- like holding myself back from trying a difficult sport because of what I see the most advanced people doing.
0: I just think it comes down to like that out of control thing again, because like I have a road bike and I like to go out on rides, but I go very, I go like super, like I will not go on any roads. Right, You're uh, like conservative. Like I go immediately to a path. So I am like the most conservative and I just think, and I try to keep my speed like as controlled as possible to where I'm like, Never going to flip over my handlebars if somebody had like, if I have to stop right away, but like I equate mountain biking, like you're going downhill and you can't like (laughs) control a lot. It just, that one really scares me because yes, you can go, I guess, stay on like easier paths, but I'd love... I don't know enough about it too. And I'd love for people to that's
1: the thing, because that that was really my my mindset too, was like, this is too extreme, I'm not gonna like it. And then for whatever reason, you know, like I've had this mentality over the past year and we've talked about this before with surfing, where it's like I just sit kind of do it and try not to overthink it have a real kind of like challenge by choice mentality that when I go surfing I my goal is like just paddle out if the waves are too big when you get out there just go back in or if I go skiing it's like you know what don't get yourself in a situation where you can't get down easily or if you find yourself in the top of a mountain and you just got out of a helicopter just side slip down like if that's what you need to do to get down just do that that's fine or In this situation, it was like, listen, this trail that I'm starting on is only a couple miles long. If I get out there and I hate it, I'll just walk my bike. Giving myself permission to bail ahead of time has helped me so much to just get into it and start doing it because then it's like, it's not like, okay, well, I just have to finish this, but I have yet to bail. I've right. given myself permission to bail, and I have yet to actually exercise that right.
0: You know what I just thought of? I don't know why I just thought of this, but remember when we went to Whistler and we went on the gondolas that were like
1: yeah, the like peak to peak, the gigantic the peak, peak, peak gondola. to peak that
0: was so scary. <laughs> you couldn't get off. You couldn't get
1: off. No, that one you cannot bail because you were
0: over <laughs> a gigantic ravine. That was so butter. I just thought of that. I was like, that one was that one is where I was trapped where I could so see easily see people who have panic attacks. Like you shouldn't go. Oh, I
1: bet people have panic attacks in there all the time.
0: I can't. I mean, what do you do? You just just get off as soon as Um, you can. I,
1: I will also say like, I've had to sort of finally accept that I don't see myself as being a like thrill seeker or like I don't even really see myself as being that athletic. But I think that the baseline of my lifestyle is a little bit more adventurous than probably what a lot of people's baseline is. And so for me, like going out on a trail on a mountain bike is just barely outside the line for me or going heli skiing even is really not that far away from the experiences that I already know. And that is really different than a lot of people. But you got to start somewhere.
0: This makes me think of the Sean White documentary. Have you seen this yet? I believe it's on HBO or Apple. It's on one of the just Google it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I
0: haven't seen it talks so much. He talks so much just about his sport and everything that he did to get to this point. And man, Olympic level athletes. And just like you're saying, just because a pro makes it look scary, or it is scary, they're doing scary things doesn't mean like you like we're never going to be at the CrossFit Games level. It's kind of that same discussion of we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to that and to the scary part of it. But I just have to say, I mean, they must have completely different DNA, the amount of adrenaline and tricks and like lindsey vaughn going down
1: the hill at, like, like
0: 500 miles an hour they've it's been doing that since they were yes, children but still like the the fearlessness that you have even as a kid i was terrified it's like wow that is it's so impressive to me and that's why they do what they do
1: totally i do i do think there is a i mean first of all like yeah those people have been doing that since they were children, like they honestly probably don't know any different. They're not sitting there, like for them, that is just their day-to-day. Kind of similarly, like I think about, okay, well, any, just look at what your baseline is. If you're thinking, oh, I wanna go try mountain biking, or I wanna go try surfing, or I wanna go try going in a half pipe of my snowboard. If those experiences, if you've never been in the mountains before, that's going to be a really different experience for your nervous system than if you've been skiing since you were a kid, and you've just never been in the half pipe before, or whatever the case may be. So I, I always just try to put that in perspective too, of like, you know what, when it to us, the like normal people, that seems so wild and extreme. But the reality is that for them, it's really just like a couple steps outside of what their normal day to day has been their whole life. So really, what I'm trying to say is those guys are not that impressive
0: (laughs) no they could do better
1: they could do better come on guys (laughs) work harder sean white lindsey vaughn just pull harder i am clearly joking everyone those people are
0: amazing (laughs) if you want to get a muscle up just pull harder
1: just just if
0: you want to PR your deadlift just pull harder i don't understand i was thinking i was thinking the other day that i was like do i regret never getting a muscle up no 'Cause I I worked so hard my entire CrossFit quote unquote career to get a muscle, up, but I never got one. And I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, did I give up too soon? No. I don't think my body was meant to do a muscle. Up. I tried everything.
1: <laughs> it was not meant to be.
0: Oh. Let's take a quick break to hear about the podcast sponsors. Today, this episode is sponsored by our favorite makers of CBD products. Ned, 70 million Americans have chronic sleep issues. 50% of Americans deal with sleep deprivation. Are you one of them? You've probably dealt with this at some point in your life. And I know how difficult it can be. Have you heard me talking recently about how I wake up every morning at 330? Well, Full disclosure, for a couple months, I ran out of my sleep blend from Ned, and I do use that religiously, but I started taking it again. And guess what? I'm not waking up at 3.30 in the morning. It gives me the best night's rest. This is no joke. This is not made up. This is the real deal. Ned's products are crafted from the highest grade single origin ingredients, ethically sourced from some of the world's best small scale farms. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process. Go to their website, helloned.com forward slash joy, and enter code joy for 15% off your first order. You can find products from ChapStick, which we love, to the Mellow Magnesium, also a huge fan if you need some nervous system reset throughout the day. It's a nice, mellow chill the Sleep Blend, the Brain Blend, you get the idea. They have products for everybody. You can go on there and take a quiz and get an idea of what would be best for you. Discover how their products can revolutionize your health. Get 15% off with code JOY. Go to helloned.com forward slash JOY or enter code JOY at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash JOY to get 15% off. Thank you so much for supporting the brands that support our podcast. This podcast is also sponsored by Act and Acre, Act and Acre scalp products. This is revolutionary. I have been thinking the whole time for the past 10 years since dry shampoo hit the shelves that we shouldn't be washing our hair that much. All of the rhetoric, don't wash your hair, don't wash your hair. And then along comes Act and Acre. And the founder, Helen, who says, hey, guys, I've worked in the hair care industry forever. In comes Acton Acre. We've heard about great hair care, but this isn't hair care. It's scalp care. Start taking care of your scalp. It's trichologist developed. Helen is an expert. It's an expert developed brand. She is a board certified trichologist who specializes in holistic scalp health. For those who work out a ton, it's so important to remove sweat and buildup from the scalp in order to keep the best environment for healthy hair growth and avoiding any scalp conditions. They sent us products. I've tried it. I love it. It's very easy to use. And I've tried it for a good week now and I can totally tell around where my scalp is the hair right there is just so bouncy and buoyant and i just can't wait for you guys to try this too because it's been such a nice refreshing change for me actin acre is a line of scalp products that treat common scalp conditions like hair thinning dandruff flakes and oily scalp you probably know your skin type but do you know your scalp type if you have an oily face, you might have oily roots. Take their two-minute scalp quiz to find out what type of scalp you have and which products will work best for you. You'll receive a personalized report with recommendations on how to take care of your scalp. Take the quiz at actinager.com to customize your scalp routine. That's A-C-T-A-N-D-A-C-R-E dot Use discount code JOY20 for 20% off your order and support the podcast, we believe in this product. We only work with brands that we have developed a relationship with and trust that they are going to be good for you. Please support our show by going to actinacre.com and use discount code joy twenty for twenty percent off your order. Thank you so much, community, for supporting these products. It really helps the show. But on the way home, you had quite the adventure as well.
1: Oh yeah, Then my I had a tire blowout. It was I was the driving. Scariest
0: experience. I it hate was that. Scary. I, hate that for I know.
1: So, if you guys are not familiar, Colorado has a large highway that goes east to west called I 70, and it is like the highway that takes you through the mountains. And it's highway speeds it's 70 70 to 80 miles an hour. And there's a lot of semi trucks on it. And I was driving a large white van, like a 15 passenger van, but obviously like all the seats like a cargo van. And I had all of the stuff from our entire like, you know, we had like a huge like 20 by 10 easy up booth with all this stuff. So it's packed to the brim. And it's an old van, I'm driving along and I start to hear this like flapping noise. And I was like, Oh, no. So I immediately start to slow down, start to pull over and right as I start to pull over my tire, my front right tire blows. So the van just goes like, and I thankfully, so thankfully that I heard it ahead of time, because if I had been going 70 miles an hour and that had happened, it would have been a very different situation. I am able to pull all the way over. I'm okay. But uh, it's dusk. And I am on the side of a very busy highway with semi-trucks flying by me at 70 plus miles an hour. So I call 911. and I'm like, listen, here's where I am. Can you just send a state trooper out to just park behind me and put his lights on while I figure this out? Which, pro tip, always do that if you are on the side of the road. Your oh, hazard just, lights are not going to yeah, cover it. No, and,
0: especially on a road or like a highway with people going right, so you, fast. Especially because terrifying.
1: I didn't know how long I was going to end up being there. I'm like, of I, course, I, that's I, terrifying. Know, I can't change... a a flat on a huge no. van like this by myself. No. Nor am I going to alone on the side of a road with these trucks driving by. So I basically, I, call, I was like, I'm going to wait till the state trooper gets here before I get back out of the van. So I'm sitting on the passenger side of the van. Finally, the state trooper pulls up. In the meantime, I've called my coworker who was sort of like, I was not planning on going to this mountain biking festival, but I ended up getting pulled in the last minute because one of my coworkers ended up not being able to go. She had a family emergency. And so I call that coworker and I'm like, hey, I... Okay. Um, we've hit a snag. My tire blew out. Can you help? And so she just starts calling like any kind of roadside assistance thing that she can find. I don't have AAA, which is stupid. I should have AAA. They, she gets a hold of someone who would become the most amazing person I have ever met. He came out on the side of the road, changed my tire for me, like had a hydraulic jack, the whole thing. So it was very easy for him to change his hair. I had a spare, thankfully. Changes the tire to a spare and then has me follow him. It's nine o'clock at night at this point to his tire shop in Gypsum, Colorado, where he opens the shop, proceeds to replace all the tires on the van at 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday so that I could get back on the road.
0: Wait, all the tires? Yeah, because
1: come to find that the tires were original to the van from 2013. They had never been changed. And that's why it blew out. Oh, come on. So the van only has like 40,000 miles on it. We never drive this thing. Right. And so nobody had thought like, oh, maybe the, because the tires didn't, like the tread wasn't sure, that bad. But, but at the same time.
0: Age, weather, Rubber has pressure. a shelf life.
1: Yes. Right. So. Temperatures. Exactly. Just regardless. whether whether rubber has a shelf life. But nobody had – but, like, no department at work, like, owns this van. It's just sort of, like, whoever uses – wants to use it can use it. So there's no, like, office manager or something who's, like, making sure stuff is working. And before we went, we had, like, gotten the oil changed. It was filled up. Whatever. Whatever but didn't think about the tires. And he's like, listen, I can change one tire, but these tires are 10 years old. They're just going to go one at a time. And I was like, okay, well, considering the fact that you have literally saved my life, I will pay you $1 million. I don't care. Like I'm more than happy to give you this business because it's either that or I'm going to drive to Denver and get the tires
0: changed. Right.
1: He changed all the tires. If you guys live anywhere near Gypsum, Colorado, you have to go and see this guy. It's called Down Valley, like the opposite of up, Down Valley Tires and Wheels. The person who I saw is named Sis but he no longer owns the tire shop. His son actually owns it. So Cicero is from Brazil. He moved to the States in the 80s. And he started this tire shop in gypsum in the 90s. He ran it for 30 years, and then he gave it to his son. And so now his son runs it, but he still works there. Cicero still works there. So basically, this like 65 year old white haired Brazilian man was changing all my tires at 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday. And his wife kept calling him and was like, where are you? And it was just honestly, it was amazing. Like, I am going to be driving three and a half hours of gypsum to get snow tires for the rest of my life. He went above and beyond. So, Cicero, if you're out there. There's nothing
0: quite like someone who helps you in a time when you're so scared and crisis and feeling like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get home or how am I going to fix this? Like, there's just something it, like, about those people who just like swoop yes, in. and who they're just like, I'm gonna step take- in and are like, yeah,
1: I, I think it's the best. I am not like I am kind of the person in certainly my family and also I think in a lot of my friends lives who is like the person who helps. So it's if I am in those situations, typically I'm just like getting myself out of them. And so to have someone else just be like, you know what? I'm going to help you with this. I got got this for you. Don't worry about it. We're going to get you back on the road. You know, what I should have probably what would have happened if Cicero had not been there is I would have the state trooper would have helped me change my tire. I would have gotten a hotel room in Eagle and I would have spent the entire day on Monday trying to get a hold of some tires because I'm not driving home on I-70 on a donut in that van. And instead I was able to like get back out on the road that night Granted, I ended up staying at a hotel in Vail because I was like, I'm not driving home at this point. But it was just so amazing. And it was just like, oh, this person is just so wonderful. So that's my story about how I and blew did, my attire.
0: Like when you were like so grateful and, and thankful to him, was he like, yeah, no problem? Or was he kind yeah, of like... Yeah, he was just
1: like, oh yeah, this is why I do what I do. And he was like... Oh. If So he told me that his number is still listed as like a 24-hour mobile tire service, but he doesn't actually normally do that anymore. He had done it for years, but he was like, I'm getting too old to be laying on the side of the highway in the dark. And so I stopped doing it. And he's like... "I." I only picked up because you called so many times. I knew something would must be wrong. (laughs) He's like, I only do this now for people who are either stranded on the side of the road with kids or people who are by themselves. And so, if you had had someone else with you, I pretty much would have said, like, listen, call me in the morning. I'll help you out, but I'm not going to come like bail you out of this. He's like, but since you're by yourself, like, I really wanted to help you. This is why I do what I do. I'm not in this for the money. I'm in it because people tires keep people safe. You think about tires like they're not glamorous, but everybody needs good quality tires, especially in the mountains like this. is what keeps you safe. This is what keeps you on the road. This is what allows you and your family to get where you need to go and do what you need to do. And I want to be that person who's able to provide that for you. And I was like, oh, Cicero,
0: you're just best. It's so amazing. And I don't think people realize unless unless you live in an area like that of how treacherous and dangerous it can be driving in the mountains like that. It's not just like driving to Cali on the straight, whatever, 405 or I-5 or whatever it is like from Arizona where there's plenty of room and there's like tons of space for the median. I mean, this is like, this is very, very dangerous for people's lives. And those trucks go so fast. Oh my gosh, they go
1: so (laughs) fast. And so it was just wonderful. It was so great to like just meet someone who is truly kind of in it for for the right reasons. And the whole situation could have been so much worse. And yeah, he saved me. So Cicero at Down Valley Tires. He's your guy. Not sponsored, but sponsored. <laughs> sponsored because he saved my life. <laughs> sponsored because he
0: free advertising. advertising. Yes.
1: All right. So what else is coming up? You got your first report card for Joe. Tell us about it.
0: So JoJo, well, first of all, I got the date wrong because I was going off of, of cadet schedule where I was like, I think it's like the third week. Anyway, so we just got it to the last Wednesday of the month. Uh, Moving forward, we'll get that every month, last Wednesday of the month. And so far, he is learning some basic commands. The report card said that he is exhibiting some stress, which doesn't surprise me. But I also have to keep in mind, like the trainer is getting to know him. He's in a new environment. He's on a new schedule. So it's not like sometimes I take these comments with a grain of salt because I'm like, I get that they're working on some things and stress is definitely an issue in certain situations. Situations, but I also know Joe that like his stress is more like this, like cute little shyness and it's not like he's super stressed. Like it was like It's the more same of with
1: like a mama's boy sort of
0: totally. Yeah. Like whenever he'd get kind of spooked, he'd like come between my legs and he would just like look up at me and he's not like freaking out. He's just more like, I'm gonna stay right here and playful. But it's kind of like with Cadet, whenever we got we started getting cadet's report cards, it was always like she has aggressive play. And I'm like, she does not have aggressive play. The girl can just hang. Like she could get knocked over by 10 different dogs, rolled on the ground, and she'll jump right back up and get back on the party. She loved to play really hard but she wasn't aggressive, but like canine companions, no shade at all. They just have a very specific way of like how they evaluate these dogs. And so I think there's a part of me that's like, okay, but I also know this dog really well. And I don't think he's going to be, I mean, I truly think if anything's going to get him kicked out, it's his body sensitivity because he doesn't like to be physically manipulated. He doesn't like, they have a very specific way of like how they like to groom these dogs and they all have to do it the same like how they do their nail trims and all of that stuff, like grooming wise, but he hated having his nails trimmed to a point where like, I tried everything in the book, everything in the book I tried to get him to kind of like, just be a little more desensitized to the nail trimming process. I once took him, I will never forget this. I left in tears because I was like, so I felt so bad, but I took him to a groomer once. Cause I was like, well, maybe if it's not me, if it's someone else that he won't like react to having his nails trimmed. Nope. I, they put him on the table and they put him in the, like, they put them in this like harness thing. Not like, not like they're tying them down, but it's like, it just kind of restricts their movement. So they can't like pull their legs away. And when I tell you, he had those eyes that are like Puss in Boots eyes that are just like so big, that, like look at you with like the most tearful, sad look in his eye. He was, he looked at me like, what are you doing to me? And I was like, oh, what am I doing? And I left I'm like, I'm the worst. Than the worst. So I was traumatized by that experience. I think as a puppy raiser, if you are listening and you do that, you know that like everything you do, you think that you're damaging this dog in some way or like not preparing them well. So that's something that I worry about a little bit because we tried everything we could. But at the end of the day, you just have also have to accept like that's just right. how he is. So there's definitely some things that they're like continuing to evaluate. I think the fact that they didn't kick him out right away because of that is a good sign because they've already weeded out. Like I already have some like acquaintances who their dogs have already been returned. And so he's at least kind of like made it through the first gauntlets, if you will, because I think what they're seeing is like there's potential for it to improve, which is good. That's all we need right now.
1: The reports, I mean, you guys don't know what these look like, but it's literally like worksheet that's where you're, it's like a report card where there's, you know, each little thing has like a box next to it and it's scored and there's like a little a tiny area for a couple of comments but it's not like a long narrative like here's what's happening it's just like on a scale of one to four how is he doing in these areas so there's also no room for nuance it's just like oh yeah it's very
0: like yes no yeah." yeah And then there's like a very small comment section, which is like what I what we all read into and a lot of the puppy raisers, we joke that we like try to read it 10 times to see if we can get like any more new information from it because we do we miss these dogs so much. I'll keep you guys posted. Again, I just am very grateful that he's made it this far and hope that he continues to improve. I think he's got such good potential. Like he's a very smart dog. He's super eager. He's got really good energy. Uh, I just hope that it doesn't like stall out. But we have been watching a prison dog for the past few weeks, Chrissy, who is just, oh my gosh, I love this dog so much. When you start working with canon companion dogs, you get to know so many different types of personalities. And it's just, it's kind of amazing because you get to know which ones like really kind of tug at your heartstrings and you love them in different ways. But Chrissy is just like this angel dog. If she gets released, I'm going to be like, I'll adopt her. I don't think she will because she's an amazing dog. But for the past few weeks, we have been watching her and socializing her. So again, Canine Companions has an inmate program where inmates train the dogs from like five months on and then they rotate in and out of the prison so that they can get socialized. So I'll have her. I had her for three weeks. We just put her back into the prison program and then I'll get her back in a few weeks and I'm going to take her to Oceanside. The family that was supposed to take her to Oceanside couldn't do it. And so I jumped on the opportunity to have her for a little bit longer. So I'll be going to Oceanside early November for that turn in. And let me tell you, it's going to be real hard not to ball my eyes out knowing that Joe is in there.
1: <laughs> I was about to say, are you going to like break in, in the night and like snuggle Joe? I know like,
0: oh, uh- Oh, going to be, so be so hard because I know he's in those but walls him, like, somewhere. Yeah, I know. Oh, my it seems oh like a celebrity God. sighting.
1: Like every <sighs> dog you see, you like, is that Joe? Is that Joe? Was that Joe? Is it that just, Joe?
0: it's going to be really hard. But at the same time, I'm really looking forward to having a turn in where I'm not super emotionally distraught or confused or conflicted, all the emotions. Because Chrissy's great, but I also, I'm really excited for her because she's going to be amazing. And like, we don't have that strong of a connection. And I'm also really sensitive to the fact that these, whoever her handler is in the inmate program must like really, really miss her when she's gone. And also... There's a video I watched today about the inmate program that just had me bawling my eyes out. It was like they, the bond they have with these people, it's like all they have and how special that must be, but also so hard to let them go and not really, I hope they let, the inmate program know where the dogs end up I think I'm pretty sure they do but like that's that's just that is so hard and so my heart's been really thinking a lot about the inmate program right now of whoever is her handler um must be so happy to have her back but also anticipating the next few weeks because they're gonna have to say goodbye to her and then she goes off to training but oh my gosh she is so cute she's such a cute dog so that's the latest on the dog situation. Do you want to give any updates on Ireland?
1: I don't have an update yet. Oh, we
0: don't? Okay. We
1: don't. The update <laughs> is that... Well, who knows? By the time you hear this, we may have posted some more stuff. Um, we will do if and when, like since we have a couple of episodes in the can right now, if and when we have an update, maybe we we'll, we'll, like we'll record kind of like a special announcement so that if the only place where you follow us is through this podcast channel, you will still hear it. If you don't follow us on Instagram or you don't have social media, please write us an email. This is joinclair at gmail.com and we will be sure to maybe start collecting some emails and figure out just the best way to let people know. But definitely keep listening because we'll will let you guys know we hit a small bump in that the it turns out like the Dublin part of our itinerary all of the lodging was already full which is probably due to Taylor Swift in the area at that time so they had kind of Uh, sketched out our itinerary but hadn't actually booked anything and they were like typically this never happens it's so far in advance we didn't even think about it I mean Taylor Swift I think is like on their radar but it's not you know they weren't expecting all the lodging to be already sold out so and I don't think it's like the entire city of Dublin is sold out I just think it's like the stuff that they have contracted (laughs) is not
0: available I'm laughing because I'm like maybe it is all sold out I mean with the whole Travis Kelsey thing you just I mean things are just blowing up all over the place but by the time this episode is released this could be all old news and we could probably, maybe we'll have the sign up already out. Who knows? Who Totally, knows? totally.
1: So we'll keep you guys posted. It just might be a little bit different than what we had originally planned. It might be that we end up having to like start, like come, go in and out of cork or something like that, which Ireland is not that big in, you know, US standards. It's really not that big. So if, even if cork, The Cork airport ends up being our origination point. You can obviously still fly in and out of Dublin if that is easier for you from where you live and then take the train to Cork or whatever the case may be. Or most places in the US you can fly to Cork. We'll keep you posted. I don't know if that's gonna be the solution or not. But we're really trying to not change the dates, obviously, because we need to end up at the Taylor Swift concert. Really excited. Very exciting.
0: Yeah, I can't wait for that.
1: I am really hopeful that the people, we've had a lot of people reach out to us who are already in Europe you're obviously more than welcome to join. We're still looking at that price of like about 3200 to 3500 for the week. And again, that does not include airfare. So then you still have to pay to get yourself to and from Ireland. So a couple of people were like, well, what about if I don't have to fly from the US? It doesn't like that's on you to figure out how to get to Ireland. So you can come from wherever you want and you can ride an elephant, whatever you need to do.
0: We will be there.
1: Yes. Exactly. We will see you there. Somebody did ask if they're able to just join for part of it. That is not one of the options. You got to kind of be in. I mean, you're welcome to leave halfway through if you have to, but you're not able to just like kind of do an a la carte day by day. Right. Because yeah, we have to have a certain company.
0: That's how operates, it Just that's not how yeah. it's priced.
1: And it's not how it's booked. Like we have the same size bus for the whole time. The lodging is going to be all booked at the same time. So yeah, I mean, if you if that doesn't bother you, if you're like, OK, that's fine. I'll just I'll pay the same price and then just leave two days early. Then like that's up to you. But um, it's not a you. don't book by the day you got to book the whole trip at one time let us know if there's more questions again by the time you hear this this may be old news but we really want everybody to feel super informed and excited about the trip i think that's about it for this week guys we've had i think
0: that's it i mean we've got a lot we've got a, a busy schedule we're filming a bunch when we at the time of this recording we're doing some more filming for our 10 year anniversary project We've got, uh, we'll we'll recap this, obviously, when we record again, but we've got Tina Fey and Amy Poehler that we're going to be reviewing because <laughs> we're going to go see them. Uh, I'm going to Santa Monica for a work trip. I'll be recapping that at some point with all the juices that I'm going to be drinking. I've already scouted Creation with a K. Erewhon, of course. It was really funny, though, because on my Real Housewives binge they go to the True Food Kitchen in Santa Monica. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go there. <laughs> now I have to go there. Yes. <laughs> if I see a celeb, I'm going to freak out. I really hope I do. Because a lot of people go to Santa Monica.
1: It's true. They live in Santa Monica.
0: Yeah, they live yeah. in Santa Monica.
1: All right, guys. Don't forget, you can find us on Instagram at Claire underscore. You can email us. This is joyandclair at gmail.com. You can go to our website, joyandclaire.com. Thank you for being here. We'll talk to you next week.
0: Bye, everybody. Bye.